I want to talk a little bit about stories and our story. And the way we communicate with each other is through telling stories. And one of the ways that we do that in our society is with movies. So I'm sure some of you have a favorite movie or 10. I do too. Actually, one of my favorite movies is Forbidden Planet. Are any of you familiar with Forbidden Planet? I mean, it's only 60, 62 uh, years old. So I, uh, I, I trust everybody. If you haven't seen it, you really ought to watch it because it did things that were precursors to many of the science fiction movies that came afterward. The deal in Star Trek, where everybody beams up and beams down, that was first done in Forbidden Planet. The robot, Robbie the robot in Lost in Space, you know, danger, danger, Will Robinson. Uh, the robot was first in Forbidden Planet, as were a lot of other things. It was also, the, I, I believe, the first color science fiction movie. Up until then, in the 50s, most of them were in black and white, and, and most of them were pretty poor when you look at what they were talking about and the ideas that they were trying to get across. Forbidden Planet is very, very much about us and what goes on inside of us and how if, as John Wesley said, we don't cultivate inward holiness, then we will destroy ourselves, pure and simple. There are other movies in the science fiction genre and in other genres that teach us things about God and about ourselves. How does our conversation, how does our story demonstrate our faithfulness in God? Our text this morning comes from the book of James, the first chapter, verses 17 through 27. Consider the word of the Lord. Every generous act of giving with every perfect gift is from above, coming down from the Father of lights, with whom there is no variation or shadow due to change. In fulfillment of his own supreme purpose, he gave us birth by the word of truth so that we would become a kind of first fruits of his creatures. Understand this, my beloved. Let everyone be quick to listen, slow to speak, slow to anger. For your anger does not produce God's righteousness. Therefore, rid yourselves of all sordidness and rank growth of wickedness and welcome with meekness the implanted word that has the power to save your souls. But be doers of the word and not merely hearers who deceive themselves. For if any are hearers of the word and not doers, they are like those who look at themselves in a mirror. For they look at themselves and go away. Immedi and immediately on going away, 
forget what they were like. But those who look into the perfect law, the law of liberty, and persevere, being not hearers who forget, but doers who act, they will be blessed in their doing. If any think they are religious and do not bridle their tongues, but deceive their hearts, their religion is worthless. Religion that is pure and undefiled before God the Father is this, to care for orphans and widows in their distress and to keep oneself unstained by the world. The word of the Lord for the people of the Lord. Please be in prayer with me and for me. Merciful God, God who your generosity and love give us all good gifts. May the words of my mouth and the meditations of all our hearts be acceptable in your sight, our strength and our salvation. Amen. So in telling our story and thinking about our conversation, I want us also to think of pure religion because that's, that's what James ends this area up with. Now also, this, this whole chapter is really an introduction into a further exposition on these same topics. If you look throughout the book of James, he really doesn't deviate a whole lot about the things that have been touched on right here in these 10 verses. Let's, let's look at a little bit about the book of James. We believe the book of James was written by Fred and that uh, Fred went by the name of James. No, we, we believe that James was written by James. You know, a, a lot of books that uh, we look at, we're not sure who wrote them. Like, we're really not sure if a person named Mark wrote Mark. But anyway, James was one of Jesus' brothers. We can, we can find that in Matthew chapter 11 or Mark chapter 6. If you want to look it up, it talks about James being one of Jesus' brothers. And it also talks, the, we know that James was the elder that was in charge of the church in Jerusalem, in the early church. And he writes the letter. It starts out there, if you read the first, first verse, it, it talks about the 12 tribes that are dispersed throughout the world. Again, a reminder that our Christian heritage lies in the Jewish tradition. And all of the first Christians were first Jews before they were, were Christians. And James certainly is, is no example. And having grown up with Jesus and having been around Jesus as much as he was, I believe... His witness is very, very valuable. Moreover, the book of James was one of the first books that was accepted into the New Testament canon. It was accepted back in, at the church in Alexandria, which is where in, in Egypt, where much of the New Testament was put together, and it was accepted a lot earlier than a lot of the books that were accepted for the New Testament. So that being said, how does James inform us as to how our conversation 
can show our faithfulness to God and show us what pure religion is. And just a word on pure religion. I think most of you know what pure is, right? That means it's unadulterated by anything else. It doesn't have any contaminants in it that weaken it or, or make it less than what it is. It's, it's pure. That's what pure means. It's not, it's not complicated. But what about religion? I think religion is one of those terms that we might use and we might also use it sloppily sometimes uh, away from what it really means. It's, it's, it comes from two Latin words or a Latin prefix and another Latin word. The re, everybody knows about, right? We, uh, we relax, we retire, we repent, redo things. Re just means to do something again, to do it over. So, or to go back to, is what the prefix means. The second part of religion comes from the Latin ligus, which means to bind or to tie together. So what, what religion really is and what it really means is to tie us or bind us back to God. That's, that's what religion is all about, to, to keep us bound with God, to keep us bound with God. And James tells us real clearly at, at, at the end of this passage here what he considers true religion. And notice, and notice, I always, I always find this encouraging. James's definition here goes right along with our Wesleyan heritage because John Wesley said that the character of a Christian was one who demonstrated both inner and outer holiness. Outer holiness being the things that we do to help those around us. You know, I mean, tying in with our general rules, we do no harm, we do good. That has to, those things have to do with outward holiness. And we attend to the ordinance of, ordinances of God to, to help us with our inward holiness where all of us need help. You know, in that, that movie I alluded to earlier, I did uh, Forbidden Planet, the story is about a marvelous race of people, or I, I, should, say, I should say a marvelous race. We don't know what they were. Their name was the Krell, and uh, so it would probably be inappropriate to call them people. But the Krell had an amazing, amazing technology. Um, they, had a, they had a great system for education. Presumably they had no poverty. Every, everybody did well. But the society fell. The society fell because they didn't harness their ids, their inner self, and and uh, that was the fall of society. So so we could we could we could say they didn't practice inward holiness, so to speak, which we all need to do. And and, and notice in in the passage I read, it says that if we if we let the word work within us. If we let the word work within us, it has what? It has the power to save our souls. It has the power to save our souls.
So James says that pure religion is to take care of the orphans and the widows and to what? To keep ourselves unspoiled by the world, by the world around us. Now to me, now to me it seems that probably the hardest part of that formula is the keeping ourselves unspoiled from the world around us. Most of the time I really don't have any problem with helping out other people. I'm generally a, a relatively generous person and those sorts of things. But, the, but the, the, the trick comes in with keeping myself unspoiled from the world. It really does. But James tells us how to do that. The first thing is, and this is the first thing for all of us, we have to remember our foundation. Our foundation is we were all created in the image of God. And this passage starts right out telling us that God is what? God is generous. God is the source of all good gifts. So we're generous. We're the source of goodness. We need to remember that. And then if we remember that, it's much easier for us to do the exact directions. Jesse alluded to uh, using a cookbook for, for making something right and, uh, and and generally if you have a decent cookbook and you follow the recipe you get pretty good results we've been given a very decent cookbook and we get good results also when we follow the recipe the problem is most of the time we don't follow the recipe and a big piece of that recipe is what being quick to listen slow to speak, and slow to anger, right? Uh, most of the time, I'm pretty quick to listen, and I'm pretty quick to speak, and I, I can be quick to anger as well, instead of following the instructions. But you know what James tells us there? James tells us that good, that, that great American tradition that we all have, right? That we all know about that the Supreme Court even backed up, right? The Miranda decision. You have the right to remain silent, right? But the operative question is, is do you have the ability? Do you have the ability? You may have the right, but do you have the ability to remain silent? There are times when I don't have the ability to remain silent. So that's something I need to work on to keep my religion pure and to keep myself unspotted from the world from the rest of the world. You know, in telling our stories, I told you that there are a lot of things in Forbidden Planet, which they really started working on back in 1954, but it was released in 1956, that are truly amazing. We see things come along, like I told y'all, later on, that keep going back to things that were, were thought up back then. And one of the one of the more recent one of the more recent uh, incarnations of that I'll say is Star Wars, right? Everybody knows about Star Wars, but see, I I I think Star Wars is a great illustration for all of us to be careful, to be careful. This is one of the ways that I believe that we can be stained by the ways of the world. 
Now, I'm not saying Star Wars, watching Star Wars is a bad thing. That's not what I'm saying at all. But we have to be careful. Remember, remember that deception, lying, is the, the primary tool of the adversary, right? However you interpret that, you know, like, like on the days you wake up and you say, you know, well, you know, I'm not worthy of that, right? Whatever that may be, that's a lie. That's a lie. You are worthy of that because you're a, a child of God. And in the garden, you know, what, 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 what did the serpent say? The serpent said to Eve and Adam, did God really say did God really say? You see, it was real close. What the serpent said was real close to the truth, but it wasn't the truth. And this is why it's so vitally, vitally important for us to speak the truth in all we do at all times to the best of our ability because it only takes a little bit, you know, or, or, or as the expression goes, a, uh, a half-truth is a whole lie, right? It, it only takes a little bit of deviation to get away from it. So, so my, my, my point from Star Wars is a lot of folks who would, who would watch Star Wars would come away with the idea that the Force is God, right? Some of you may, may uh, suffer from that delusion. But see, the Force can't be God. Because the force has a dark side. The force has a dark side. God doesn't have a dark side. We find that in other places in Scripture, but we just read it here in James. God is generous. God is good. Good things come from God. God does not have a dark side. If you're getting bad things, you're not getting them from God. So... Uh, we have to be careful about that. And the, and the, world, the, the, the world is full of things like that. You know, I've, I've talked to some of y'all before. I'm a rock hound. It's one of the, th one of the things I do for a hobby. And there is a, uh, there's a mineral called pyrite. Have any of you ever seen pyrite? Pyrite looks like gold. It looks like gold. It's called fool's gold. But it's not gold. If you look at the structure of it and you try to do something with it, it's not gold. This is the trick for all of us as Christians. This, this is the constant, the constant job that we have in keeping ourselves unspoiled from the world. But again, how do we do that? How do we do that? We speak the truth. We're slow to speak. We speak the truth. And we do good our actions. We take it now. Now, now these days, I take liberty in interpreting the scripture when it says that we should take care of the orphans and the widows. I read that as taking care of people who can't take care of themselves. That's how I read that. And we certainly still have orphans, and we certainly still have widows. But we all, we also, uh, we live in a different economic era. There are um, some widows who are quite able. Um, economically to take care of themselves. It wasn't the same structure as it was when James wrote this epistle. So what can we do to make sure that our conversation 
always shows our faithfulness to God. We can continue, as it, as it says here, to let the Word be in us and let the Word save us. We can follow the instructions as they're written. Some of you may say, well, I have trouble being slow to speak. I have trouble being slow to anger. Or maybe I have trouble just having faith in God. Well, the good news is that the grace to take care of any of those situations is available. Jesus said he would be with us when we remember him. All we have to do is ask for the grace. We will receive the grace because, as James said, that is one of the good gifts from God. And when we do that, we'll be able to walk in this world unspoiled and demonstrate pure religion. Amen. Thank you.